The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we can learn to use them in new and powerful ways to create the life we've always dreamed of. On our program today, with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon, we'll address who you are, how to come to know what you believe and why, how to accept and love yourself, and how you can make changes that help you create the empowered, happy, successful life you want. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. We're broadcasting from Fountain Hills, Arizona, and I am so delighted to have you with us today. You're going to learn some new things, I think, that you'll be delighted to know about. The show today is brought to you by Valenta Slim Roast Coffee. Now, I drink it now every single day. If you want to drink good coffee and lose weight, and yes, it really, really works, contact me. You can get me at ireneconlon at gmail.com or through the self-improvement blog either way. If you have a weight problem, this is something you really, really need to know about. Go to the self-improvement blog, look at the bio of our guest, read the bio of our guest today, look at her picture. Uh, there's some really lovely videos in the right sidebar you'll want to watch. Uh, and, you know, as always, if you know more about the guest, you, you hear more in the show, and I really encourage you to take a look at her book. Uh, you'll see um, it on, on the blog. It's outstanding. Um, and, and something that you, pro- you may not be acquainted with. Now, we're going to talk about how your body communicates with you and what you need to listen for, for one thing. Do you know that, and I didn't know this until I read what she wrote, your, your body's IMing you all the time. I love this concept. Most of us aren't listening, and so we miss the message. But just like IMing anywhere on Google or Yahoo or wherever, you send a message and you receive a response. And we're sending messages to our body with every thought we think, our self-talk, the things we do. In fact, we created our bodies the way they are today. And I look at mine and I'm thinking, I didn't really do a great job here. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't be needing to drink slim roast coffee. I'm grateful for it, but it would be nice if I hadn't created all of this. You know, so how do you treat your body? What do you say to it? You know, do you ever talk to it? Do you give it enough rest? You know, do you give it decent food or are you always just stuffing in junk um do you allow it to feel stressed out most of the time or do you let it play sometimes these are all kind of superficial messages but they still have a tremendous impact on your body and we're going to learn about more subtle messages 
and how both to talk and how to listen. Uh, do you let feelings fester? Women have a big problem with that. And, and, and where is all this festering stored? Do you know? Uh, we're talking about what you talk say to your body, but what's your body trying to say to you? How do you even know? Do you ever listen to your body? Do you pay attention? Today we're going to talk about how to reconnect to your body's wisdom. And for some, it's going to be how do you connect for the first time with your body's wisdom. Janine Wiest is our guest today. She's an advanced certified craniosacral therapist, Reiki master, and holistic coach in, in Los Angeles, California, not so far from here. Wiest holds craniosacral certifications from the Upledger Institute, where she's been a long-time teaching assistant as well. Weiss is a leading expert in combining craniosacral therapy concepts and creative principles. It's interesting that I had never hooked those two together in my own mind. Her mission is to open people's eyes to the significance of having a nature-based and metaphysical relationship with one's own body. She's the author of a great book called The Alchemy of Self-Healing, A 30-Day Plan to Change How You Relate to Your Body and Health. And it's absolutely my delight to welcome Janine Wiest to the Self-Improvement Show. Janine, welcome. Oh, thank you so much, Irene. What a great introduction. It's great to be here to talk about alchemy and whatever else comes up. And whatever else comes up, and somehow things always do, and it's always fun. But tell us about yourself. Who is Janine Wiest? Well, I, I would say first and foremost that I'm a connector, and I'm also an inner alchemist. And in my book, The Alchemy of Self-Healing, I talk a lot about becoming an in, inner alchemist. And In fact, there's a quiz in the first chapter that you can take. Um, but I, I'm really specialized these days in helping women who are in the reinvention stage of their life transform their creative blocks into creative power. And I really find that to be uh, a wonderful way uh, to show people how they can change and, and expand and transcend things maybe that they don't think they can change. It's all possible, and you just have to have the tools to, uh, to open up to your own inner wisdom and to become an inner alchemist. And when you do that, uh, you'd be surprised the things that, that, that can happen. And I'm a perfect example, as we were talking about before the show started, Irene, I'm a perfect example because I've, I was a dancer on Broadway. It was my first career. Then I was an Emmy-nominated costume designer. And you might look at both of those things and think, what do they have to do with anything to do with healing? And I would say a lot. And that, that's a really interesting thing for me is how you made these transitions because you were very good at all of the things you did. So how did you get from dancing to your clothes designing to craniosacral therapy um, and the kind of work you do today? It's just such an interesting journey. And what took you away from, what got you on Broadway and what took you away from it? 
Well, it's interesting because sometimes people think, oh, well, you moved from one thing to another, as you say, because you weren't very good at it or it wasn't quite a perfect fit. And actually, at each stage in my life, those things were, were the perfect fit. Yeah. But because I was always aware of, once I became aware of the messages that my body was giving me, I could no longer stay in certain situations that became either toxic or, or limiting. So for me, the same year that I was nominated for the Emmy in costume design, I had been in so much physical pain and I had had two surgeries um, because I had something called endometriosis, which you can read about in People magazine these days, but at the time it mimics cancer and I had two false cancer diagnoses. So the pain caught up to me that year. And it should have been one of the happiest years of my life, and I was in extraordinary pain. So I had been ignoring my body's signals. I was powering through, and I think anybody listening is like, oh, yeah, I do that. Because we all power through things thinking, I can handle it. And the thing is, how often do you do that before you turn around and really give your body its due and really listen to it? Sometimes. And in my case, I knew something had to give. Now, sometimes we never give in to saying, I, I need to stop, I need help, I need to take care of me. Um, women tend to have this, I have to save everybody else around me first, and so I'll go down trying. It's, a, it's so true, that's so true. But in the end, your body does find a way to get in touch with you, whether it's, you know, the two-by-four over the head where you could have just had a little <laughs> yeah. whisper. Um, it's, it's up to us, really, and I think when you realize that, then you make time for things that you love and you make time for the noticing of nature. I have one exercise in the book where I have people go on a nature walk in the city where you're deliberately in a man-made environment, perhaps where you work, and your job is to find uh, find an element of nature or something that doesn't that's unsettling and is not man-made in a man-made environment and it's kind of fun it puts you in a completely different place in terms of the way your brain is focused and uh it can be deeply relaxing to your central nervous system and you can do it and nobody needs to know you can do it on a on a 10 or 15 minute break and you'd be surprised at things that show up. People will say, oh, I'll never find anything in my office building that, that's nature-related, or, or if I do, it'll be in a plastic tree or something. And um, I have clients telling me all these amazing things that they find. That they never, ever see as they go yes. from their car to their office. Exactly. Never see it. Yeah, you. It's about what now, you, it's about noticing. Noticing really can be a very healing thing. Yeah, awareness is is key. It's key. You know, I haven't noticed much around me actually until I moved into an apartment out here in Fountain Hills, and there's so much beauty beauty around me, and I have big windows to look out and. No, it's just amazing. There's a bird nest right outside my window and wonderful green bushes and all kinds of things and people going by with their little dogs, which is wonderful. And, you know, it's amazing how different this makes me feel than 
when I had a house in, in Scottsdale and never looked out the window because the window was high and I sat at a desk. Uh, it's totally different. Yes, and it's to make those little shifts for yourself, they might seem insignificant, but actually they're deeply powerful and nourishing. Uh, the more connected, I always suggest to people that they connect and just keep track of the moon, the cycles of the moon, even if it's just whether when when's a full moon and when's a new moon, because it kind of puts you in in that flow with nature and what nature is doing and how there are different poles and energies going on, and you can start to notice that and say, gee, you know, uh, I feel really energized around new moon time and I never I never noticed it but every month at at that same time I seem to feel a boost and it's not doesn't have to have anything to do with your belief system it's just something is happening in the sky that's having direct relation on the earth and if you can feel into it it's more and more energy for you to choose from when we think about the fact that the moon controls the tides you know, and we're so much water. We have we're water, to absolutely. That's a, that's a real concept. And on that note, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about what is craniosacral therapy. So stay tuned for more. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. When you think of inspiring women, who comes to mind? Is it a visionary like Oprah Winfrey? Political or legal figures like Hillary Clinton or Sonia Sotomayor? Or how about entrepreneurial business leaders like Meg Whitman? No matter whom you might be thinking of, make sure to add one more to that list. Deanne DeMarco. She's the host of Today's Inspiring Women. Each week, Deanne turns you on to the next rising star in business and leadership and what their successes and challenges have been. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to The Self-Improvement Show. Our guest today is Janine Weiss. And we're talking about her work as a craniosacral therapist therapist, and about her uh, book, The Alchemy of Self-Healing. So, Janine, 
a lot of people aren't aware of what craniosacral therapy really is, and they get this image of somebody working just on your head. Tell us a little bit about what craniosacral therapy is and how it can benefit you. Absolutely. Well, it's uh, craniosacral therapy is an educated, specific, non-invasive modality that involves a light touch, and it supports your body's innate ability to heal. So we're assuming uh, one of the four tenets of craniosacral therapy is that the body is a self-correcting mechanism, meaning if we can get it into the right state, out of fight or flight, which I think most people are familiar with that, uh, that very heightened reality when you feel like something horrible is going to happen and you don't necessarily even know why. Uh, so we try to take you out of fight or flight and then put you into a state where your body's self-correcting mechanism can, can flourish. Uh, along the lines, we also say that movement is health, which might seem, you know, pretty simple and obvious, but I'm not talking about jumping jacks or sit-ups. I'm talking about that infinitesimal movement of your cellular structure and how it can get stuck over repetitive, uh, over repetitive injury occurring or over repetitive movement that you may make or something that you may inhibit. For example, if you have a frozen shoulder, you didn't just wake up one morning and have a frozen shoulder. That happened over time, but you started maybe husbanding that shoulder or holding it a specific way and, and restricting the movement, the natural movement of those muscles and bones, and so there's a pattern begins to develop. So we look at all of that, patterns over your lifetime, uh, your, your, what you default to when you get stressed, which is usually something that's not helping. <laughs> Just because it's familiar doesn't mean it's good. So um, basically everything in your body responds to the craniosacral rhythm, and the rhythm can be felt anywhere on your body, and it's why if you come in with a headache, someone might work on your tailbone, and you might be surprised at that, but actually get a lot of relief from that, because we're looking for, the, for, for, for where the problem originated. We're not looking or interested so much in the symptoms. So if I came to you and I, you know, somebody said, oh, I went to her and it was so wonderful, but they really couldn't explain it to me, what would I expect you to do? I come into your office kind of wondering what's going to happen to me and what do you do? What do I expect? Well, well, these days I work with a lot of creative people and I work with people in their creative blocks. I have a couple people who actually are seeing me right now for problems with their singing voice. Uh, one person had a, a surgery uh, with their, regarding their liver, and that affected their singing voice, and so we're lo- taking a look at that. So that gets a little bit more esoteric, and it's less straightforward than I have a headache. But, um, but I, I shouldn't really actually say that with 100% certainty because sometimes... You know, you never know what the origin of a headache might be. Um, so I take that back. <laughs> I take okay. it back, Irene. Um, but but you know, there's definitely that uh, that factor of what came before that brought you to this place. So if you came to my 
my office, I would have you lie down probably. We would, we would, first we would talk for a while about what's going on so you'd get used to the environment. And I would be basically scanning your body and looking for areas that are, you're holding a little unusually, maybe that aren't moving well. And then we would eventually move you to a table where you'd have, uh, you'd be fully clothed and lying down on a six to eight inch piece of foam, very comfortable so that any area that's in pain is cradled and comforted by that foam. And, uh, it's, everything is, everything we come, we always come back to the body in this work. So even if there's an emotional some story that comes up or an emotional response or let's say that shoulder is frozen because you were hit a lot and you used to, as a child, you used to raise your shoulder to shield yourself, you know, then, then, then that becomes your go-to uh, protection even when, you know, there's really no threat of being hit, maybe somebody's... St- a, a cop stops you for a speeding ticket or something, right. but still you find yourself in that position or you find that shoulder creeping upwards, we would just take a look at what those things are as I'm uh, encouraging your body to release and unravel whatever restrictions are uh, are concerning to you. And it's it's pretty, it's very subtle, but it's very deep, and it's different. People say, well, is that like psychotherapy? And it isn't at all because we're led by the body. Can and you fact, literally keep... feel changes as they take place? Let's say I have this sore shoulder, the frozen shoulder. As you work with me, are you able to feel a shift? How do you know when, the you know, other than my telling you, oh, that feels better, how do you tell that the work is well first first of all we have we're looking for movement so if something is stuck and then we feel movement that's usually a ah, sign that's a good sign um, we can also we can also take a look at how how then you're able to move for example that arm whether that arm is able to move and do what you need it to do or at what point it gets uh, frozen again or stuck again and take a look at you know, sometimes I'll ask the person, how old were you when you first remember feeling this way? Or, you know, for example, we were talking about, in, in the beginning you were saying something about, oh, gee, I, I haven't been listening to my body very much or my body's instant messages very much. And I would say, your body has recorded everything that's ever happened to you. So whether you remember it or not, it's like there's a drive <laughs> There's a disk drive that that recorded it all, regardless of your conscious awareness of it. And so those things can be tapped into. Not always do you have to go blow by blow and remember a story, but if you, if for example, if I were to say, when do you first remember your shoulder hurting or bothering you, or when did you first become aware of hiking that shoulder up? And you'd be surprised the things that you hear or the things, and people oftentimes are, because when we put them into a, uh, out, when we take them out of fight or flight and put them into a rest and digest parasympathetic mode, they can really uh, access all of those stories. And so it becomes being really specific 
about what the person needs, what they came in for, and then what the body shows you. So we're always being led by the body. Interesting. You state we're each creating all the time. The question is, is it by default? Are we on a hamster wheel creating disease, stress, or disconnection? And I guess, or are we creating ease and connection that's blah, blah, you know? Yeah. What, yeah. We're creating all the time. Talk a little bit about what we create and how we create that. Well, for example, if there's something that, you know, if you grew up hearing that, um, you know, red snow jackets are bad or flashy and you, whatever you do, you don't want to be flashy, a lot of times this starts with ancestral stuff. I'm, I'm making a silly comment just because I didn't want anything that anybody would really take. I, I want to make the point around something that's not, you know, an active incendiary or potentially worrisome concept. So let's just say you you grew up thinking this, you heard it, your uncles and aunts said it, your mother and your father said it, but secretly you really wanted a red, flashy red snow jacket. So right away you have a conflict as a child because you want to be good, you want to do what your parents say. They must be right because they're big and they know, right? You decide as a child, well... You know, I'm bad, I'm bad because I want a red snow jacket. And then maybe you grow up and you're in college and you see a red snow jacket on sale and you think, I'm going to go ahead and buy that red snow jacket. And you, you come up with waves of guilt and you don't know why. Or maybe you even feel sick to your stomach or nauseous. All of these reactions are reactions based on an old story, something you decided as a small child hearing all the grown-ups talk about how this is a bad thing or this is a flashy thing and we don't do that in our family. And yet you don't even really understand at the age of 20 when you're in that shop why you're so drawn to this or why you're unable to uh, just enjoy, for example, buying the coat, being an, an, an individual. Yeah, so yeah. you have this opportunity to unearth that old story and who's running your show, which is the little kid running the show, making you nauseous, making you feel bad, and say, that doesn't belong to me. That doesn't belong to me, and actually, there's really nothing good or inherently bad about a red coat in the first place. And it can be a huge relief, and I've, I've, made, I've deliberately chose, obviously, that kind of silly um, situation but, it's, but, but the truth of it and the emotions of it are very powerful and can be compelling and, uh, and immobilizing, actually, to people. And they don't know why. And they're expending all this energy on something that actually uh, can be released relatively easily once it's brought into conscious awareness. And, and you know, sometimes that's easy and sometimes it's not, but... It's always relieving. I'm thinking of a thing that happened to me when I was a kid. I had this book of poetry. It was Mother Goose something or other, and I loved it. And I would sing those poems. I would sit there and I would sing them, which irritated my grandmother to a great degree. And she finally said, I can't do that anymore. And besides that, I can't sing. 
And the rest of my life, I heard her telling me that I could not sing, and and I always wanted to, but I could hear that I couldn't sing, (laughs) and I'm thinking, maybe I could sing, I don't know. (laughs) Well, I would would say start in the shower now. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think it's interesting that that came up, um, but I think we have a lot of things that come to us that way. And yes, and things that we decide are true, and, and one of my favorite lines is, you know, when I coach people, is to say, and how do you, what if that weren't true, and how do you know that it is true? And oftentimes we make the decision from a very narrow lens, and if we can just widen our lens and allow for other possibilities, they're there, they'll show themselves. There's always a choice. There's always a choice, and right now, I can't believe it, but I have to make the choice to go to break. <laughs> this is Irene Conlon with my guest, Janine Weiss, saying stay tuned. We'll be back with more. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Are you ready to move to your next level? Listen for Empowering Women, Transforming Lives with host Rebecca Hall Greider. Each show will focus on a central topic with discussion, guests, and your questions being featured. Our show is perfect for women who feel a call in their heart to step out in a bigger, more powerful way in their life and just need some encouragement, inspiration, and practical steps to support them on their journey. Empowering Women, Transforming Lives can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Every one of us confronts challenges that rock our world to the core, making us confused and disoriented, not knowing which way is up. On The Mother Rising, host Margaret Jacobson will nourish that spark that enlivens. You will be both empowered and inspired to create the changes leading you on your path to your own true freedom. Discover your worth and what you are capable of. Tune into The Mother Rising every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to The Self-Improvement Show. My guest today is Janine Wiest. She's written a book called The Alchemy of Self-Healing, a revolutionary 30-day plan to change how you relate to your body and health. And it's a remarkable book. I want you to take a look at it, but I want to talk a little bit about it now. Janine, tell people how they can get your book. I think you have an offer to make them. And then we want to talk a little bit. uh, We want to talk about the book. So how can they get it? Absolutely. Well, 
Um, if people go to my website, uh, cranialalchemy.com, C-R-A-N-I-A-L, and then alchemy, A-L-C-H-E-M-Y.com, I offer a, a, fr- a free meditation and it's sort of an inquiry. It's different than any meditation you've done before in that I'm asking you very specific questions. Uh, and it's, a, it's about 20 minutes. It's directly from the book, and it's called Inner Reconnaissance. So it's helping you get the lay of your internal land. Because at the beginning of the show, I talked about how I'm an inner alchemist, and I suggest that everyone can benefit in life from, from adding that to their, their, their toolbox. And so that, that's a great opportunity to, to snag that, and uh, it's deeply healing, and it'll give you a sense of what you'll be learning in this book if you follow the 30-day plan. And the reason why I, cho- I chose to call the book The Alchemy of Self-Healing is because alchemy is really my favorite word. It's, it's defined as a process by which something ordinary is turned into something extraordinary. And we've been talking about healing and we've been talking about reinvention and because I focus these days working on people in the reinvention stage of their life and how to transform creative blocks. It's basically anything that you view as negative or in your way to try to find another way to view it. And when you have the tools that I give you, it's a very user-friendly book, and it's uh, very specific and easy to do. So the exercises are, are layered week by week, and it's meant to be really practical. I want you to be able to read the book on the weekend and be able to put something to, to practice for yourself Monday morning in two, six, ten minutes, whatever time you are able to carve out for yourself. And, and, and it's easy to follow. It really is, and you can do these things. What led you to write about the alchemy of self-healing, and what do you mean by inner alchemy? Well, what led me to write it is just literally I would hear the same questions and I would find myself having sort of sidebar conversations with long-time clients. And I realized when you actually own and take the power for yourself that healing is an inside job, everything starts to shift. And when you even people coming to me thinking I'm the expert, um, you know, yes, I may have a certain dispassionate awareness or expertise, or, or uh, maybe I've heard similar stories over and over again, so I can, I can make certain distinctions. But really, the power is, is within you. It's in, you know, we've all heard it's an inside job, and it really is. It's just that a lot of these phrases, you know, change your thinking, change your life, they're wonderful, but if you don't know what to do, like, how do I do that? <laughs> Oh, I totally agree with you. How do I change my life? Where do I even start? Well, you start by getting quiet two minutes a day and listening to your body. And, for example, if your knee bothers you rather than going, oh, this damn knee, you deliberately might hear yourself or feel yourself starting to, to rail on your knee, and instead you turn that around and say, oh, dear, sweet, beautiful knee, I love you, I'm listening what do you need? And you'd be surprised that, that you won't get, to, you might not hear something back at first or you might not get a feeling back at first. But over time, when your body starts to trust that you're paying attention to it, 
you will get the signals you know you need to know when to stop doing something. If you wonder, gee, should I go run one more lap, and you make that decision based on what three people in front of you are doing, you might not make the best decision. But if you're able to tune into your gut or you're able to tune into your heart rate and not just go by the Fitbit or whatever piece of technology you're using, but really just say, how flushed am I? How, de- how hydrated am I? How am I really feeling? Am I, have I dug down deep and, and, and this is what I have to give today? And is that, can, can I allow that to be enough? And if you notice, I used the words allow there, and it's a really potent word because a lot of times we'll just push, 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 and force things, and that's when we'll hurt ourselves without really, uh, you know, unnecessarily, let's say. So we have an opportunity here to really get specific with a relationship with our body and really value it, and we'll get a lot more, we'll get tenfold back uh, from that relationship. And people don't believe it at first, but I'm telling you, it's magical. It's all chemical. In the beginning of your book, you have eight, you have the eight-question quiz. I, yes. I was, it's a very interesting quiz. Um, and then you have them take it again at the end of the 30-day program. And, and, and the questions are not questions that you've usually seen before. They're very interesting. Yes, I, I deliberately, well, thank you for that. I deliberately didn't want them to be typical, and I, don't, I wanted them to be a little nonlinear. And the, the point of the quiz is to get you thinking and to get you inquiring and wondering about things that perhaps you haven't wondered about. So the first question is, what part of your body do you love unconditionally? You know what? That's that's hard for people. Today, I realized my favorite part of my body, this sounds really weird, is my feet because they take me every place I need to go. Oh, that's fantastic. And, and, you know, in the beginning, I'm thinking, well, I don't really like too many parts of my body because there's just too much of them. That's kind of been my, my idea. Um, but my feet take me every place I want to go. Well, that's fantastic, and that's a fantastic reason. So you can give that daily love to those feet. Well, yeah, they need it. Now, they get pedicures, but, you know, other than that, they don't get talked to. And it's interesting yeah. what happens when we talk to our body parts. It's really true, and it's also we can also learn a lot from it. I, um, someone told me this years ago, and I thought that it was just fantastic, that here we, we have all these comparisons that we do and all these things, oh, I need to lose this amount of weight, or I, should be, I wish I were taller, or my hair was straighter, or my hair was curlier, or whatever. Think about the body. You know, the, the liver is, uh, clo- lives closely in contact with the gallbladder, but you're never going to hear a liver say, gee, I wonder if I should be doing what the gallbladder is doing. Yeah, <laughs> right. They're just, it's just perfectly happy doing what a liver does. And, oh, yes, by the way, the gallbladder is supporting in the way that it supports, and there it is. But it's very clearly something different. And there's no question, uh, which I think people, and especially women, that we do that to ourselves. We have these comparisons that are ridiculous. When you look at it in that way, of course the liver is not going to do what the gallbladder does. It's a liver. 
So, you know, you're, you're Irene, I'm Janine, we should be doing what we, you know, being who we are, living out our soul's purposes best we can, exactly. and giving love to ourselves on a specific level as best as we can. And it sounds silly, maybe, or even just like a sweeping generalization. Uh, that's why I give you such specific exercises in the book, so that you can make it really real for yourself, whatever your situation is. And, and some of them do seem strange in the beginning, but do them. <laughs> do them. It's, it's amazing how things work out and how you learn things about yourself that you really absolutely were not aware of. Um, you talk about, this This was particularly interesting to me, spear carrier energy. What is spear carrier energy? Well, you know, I named it spear carrier energy from uh, a Shakespearean play, uh, just in terms of where you are in your world and how you see your problems sometimes. But actually, there's a there's a story around it. But basically, the spear spear carrier energy is uh, you know stuck in the pity party moment energy, where everything is about you and it all happened you know to hurt you or to make you feel bad or whatever it is, and the whole idea that in the play Hamlet, the Shakespearean play, you know, the play is about a lot of things. And if you wanted to talk on a metaphorical level, you could say, you know, it's about what is truth or, you know, you could get really esoteric with it. And on a physical level, it's about Hamlet, the Prince of Denmark. But if you're playing the role of the spear carrier, which I don't recommend because you have you have the opportunity to ch- change in your life what role you're playing and you need to be the star of your own play, right? If your play is your life. So if you're the spear carrier, the first thing to do is to recognize that, gee, maybe you want to work towards getting a different gig. But if you're if that's if that's what you're doing, to recognize the larger world around you. For the for example, the fact that Hamlet might be about, oh, I don't know, Hamlet <laughs> you know, yeah. it's not all about you, and that takes a huge, a huge, um, it's a huge relief when you can recognize that, when you can recognize that some things happen and then, and they are, and they do just happen, and they're not, be, it didn't happen because of you, you didn't necessarily create that, and certainly in that instance, um, I think we were all at lunch one day, uh, in, in the rehearsal of a play, and, Someone asked the, the someone playing a third spirit carrier from the left, "What do you think the play Hamlet is about?" And he started saying, "Well, it's about this guy, and he has a job at court, and he's the third <laughs> spirit carrier from the left, and he really would like to be given a quest, but he doesn't know how to get the attention of the king." You know, and everybody kind of didn't know whether to laugh or take him seriously, and he was really serious about that he had devised this whole world around cementing himself as a spear carrier, which, you know, again, is not possibly for his highest good. I don't know why, but I'm remembering a story that I heard when my kids were little. Um, They were studying about creation, and the kid came home, and the mom said, well, what did, you know, what part did you, and they were doing a play about creation. Mm-hmm. And the mom said, "Well, what what did what part did you get?" And he said, 
Well, I was Adam, but the snake has all the lines. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny, though. (laughs) I love that. The snake has all the lines, and sometimes that's how we feel. And on that note, we're going to go to break. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Janine Wiest, saying stay tuned. We're going to be right back with more. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenice and her expert guests who've turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to The Self-Improvement Show. My guest today is Janine Wiest, who's the author of a book called The Alchemy of Self-Healing. Uh, excellent book. You, you you have to be better by the time you finish this book. You will see some improvements. Trust me. Um, just 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 do it. One of the things, Janine, that you have in your book is a transformational circle. Why are these helpful, and how do we make one? Well, this is great. You can do this. You can do this by yourself, and you can build it over time. Uh, basically, it's a variation on Native American sand paintings. So if anyone's familiar with sand paintings, uh, that's kind of the gist of this. So you're basically, but what I've done is I've taken a piece of burlap and I actually attached it to some silk just as a backing. But you can take a piece of burlap so that you can get at any craft store and make a circle out of string and it can be colored string. It should be something that really appeals to you. And then you find things in nature as well as a talisman. If you have a grandmother's a locket from your grandmother or a, a watch or a piece of, you know, an old spoon or something that was a baby spoon of someone that meant something to you, you can use that. And you have all these items around the side of the circle on the outside. 
And in the day, in the morning, you take a look at your circle and you give yourself a fresh start and you clear your mind and you look at that circle and say, how am I feeling right now in my body and what would I like to put into that circle? And then you have an opportunity to put a twig, a shell, uh, you know, maybe that locket we just spoke of, whatever it is, and arrange it in, in a way that's appealing and also truthful to you in terms of how you're feeling. And then you forget it. You go about your day, and at the end of the day, you come back and take a look at what's there, and is it still valid? Is it, does it still represent how you feel? And it's a great way to start personifying parts of your body and getting connected to that whole idea of noticing in a really divine way. And it's that simple. So what kind of things would you want to notice, and how would it be represented now, let's say I woke up and today I just felt really great. I'm going to have a super-duper day. Everything's going well. What kind of thing would I put in there as contrasted to a day when I got up and thought, oh, gosh, I don't think I'm going to make it today? Right. Well, for example, on the day when you get up and you feel really great, um, what makes you feel really great? And, for example, you might want to go outside and grab some rose petals and sprinkle ah. them in your circle or if you have crystals or stones or little tiny pebbles, um, I have one client who has a collection of buttons, and she just loves them. They're vintage, really unusual and intricate buttons, and they make her feel wonderful. So she sees someone else, the buttons would leave them cold maybe, so obviously they, they don't choose that. So you make it as personal as possible, and over time you'll add things um, you know, and then at the end of the day, you might come back and, and see the, the petals of the rose uh, getting a little dry or something, and you might say, gee, is this how I feel, or do I want more fresh petals, or however that might be. But it's a way of noticing sh- small shifts and changes in your body that you don't currently notice that over time build into huge uh, decision-making, pain-causing situations. If you wake up and you feel really badly and like you're not going to make it, uh, you might put some dark pebbles or you might put, put um, out here they have, tree, we have trees called liquid amber and they drop these spiky looking pod-like things and they just look like they would be painful. I mean, they're beautiful, but they don't look like they'd be anything you'd want to have connected with your body. So you might choose something like that to put in your circle or dark colored stones, or a dark feather, or maybe no feathers on a day. But the whole idea is to have a combination of items over time that you can either choose to put in your circle or not that are nature-based or or, or related. Now, you are very nature-based. You talk a lot about nature in your book. And, you know, a lot of people don't pay any attention to nature at all. They don't see the trees, the flowers. You even go so far as to say you don't kill bugs. Um, you know, how did, uh, why is nature so important to you? Why is it such an integral part of what you do? Well, it's the house we live in, isn't it? It's yeah. the larger house that we live in. So if you talk about environment and how people are shaped by environment, um, you know, whether you're talking nature or nurture or 
you know, whatever conversation we're having, the fact remains that every day you're putting your feet on some type of earth and you're choosing to do that or you're choosing not to. You're choosing to distance yourself as much as possible and then you get out of balance. So this is all about putting you in balance so that you can live the best life that you can dream of. And if you feel like there's a disconnect between why you think you're here on this planet and what you're actually doing today with your life, you know, this is a great 30-day plan to get you in touch with how to actually make those dreams manifest, how to actually bring that part of yourself that maybe got offline, how to bring it back online. So what can people expect realistically from doing your 30-day program? Well, um, you know, a former client of mine, Lily Tomlin, who I adore, said that... Oh, I love her. (laughs) She said, the alchemy of self-healing will gently help you understand the value of creative noticing to all aspects of life. And so that's kind of broad, but it's really true, because creative noticing is healing. And when you can do it for yourself then you have that really powerful tool and you're not waiting for an expert to help you. You're able to help yourself. So the idea of witnessing and being with your more hidden and unlikable aspects, but doing it with an attitude of wonder and gentle curiosity and humor. Um, there, that's why I have some uh, essays in the, in the book. At the end of each chapter, there's an essay, and some of them are about me or experiences that I had and some of them are about my clients and people that I've come in, into contact with. But it's, it's very powerful stuff, and it's, a, it's like a paint-by-numbers way of getting in touch with your insides on a level that you've probably never thought about before. And, you know, what they say is if you don't, there's no way around, you'll have to go through. And I think a lot of people think, oh, well, that sounds awful or that sounds painful. And I'm here to say that it doesn't have to be. It can be fun, and it can be creative, and it can be awe-inspiring. And doesn't that sound like fun? Yes, it does. And we're right up to the end of the show. Um, So what is the thought you'd like to leave with our listeners today? You might just have, because that was really terrific. But what's the, the final thought you'd like to leave with them? I'd like to say that noticing is healing, and creative noticing is transformational. Oh, say that again. That is dynamite. Noticing is healing. Creative noticing is transformational. You you tie your alchemy and creativity closely together. Just we have just a few seconds. Explain the tie between alchemy, your body, and creativity. Everything is connected. Everything is connected. And the minute you start to think, well, this, I like this, and this is, so, so I'm going to connect this, but I don't like that, so I'm not going to, I'm going to pretend that's not there, then you're on the road to disconnection and imbalance. And we're all about finding balance, and so that's why we're going to be inclusive rather than exclusive with everything that happens to us in our life. The Alchemy of Self-Healing, a revolutionary 30-day plan to change how you relate to your body and health. I highly recommend that you get it. Next week's guest is Ron Willingham, who will talk about his work in creating authentic salespeople. Think about that one. 
Janine, thank you so much for being with us today. So much fun. It was fun. We might have to do this again because we really just touched on the yummies that you have in your mind and in your book. Oh, I'd love to. I want to thank the listeners for being with us today and invite you to come back next week for more of the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here. 